of funky, Sultan of smooth, lambasting breakbeats with a sultry approach. What you're hearing is an illustrious MC introducing Los Angeles to one of the scene's greats, LTJ Bukum. As you heard, I thought I'd play this clip to take us into episode 100 of the Frequency Horizon, since what you're listening to is the second largest city in North America taken the 1,000th edition of a weekly drum and bass show called Respect. Fitting, right? I don't think there would have been anyone else better than LTJ for this particular Respect party. He's the dawn of the ones and twos, and right here we've got a nod to intelligence in music and a shout out to innovation. Something highly prized in these Southern California parts. And in an era of digital upstarts, it's nice to see this guy who started it all remind us there are some core principles to making dance happen. Culturally, we may be reflecting on some prominent suicides and who knows, maybe you just say lost your job or who knows what the fuck's going on. But when it comes right down to it, we can all get onto the floor and work it out, you know? It's nice to think about how well the drum and bass movement has aged. At a time when ho slapping South Central rap with California Sunshine synth gets incessant airplay on the radio, but is decidedly uncouth in the Me Too era, our local drum and bass night, Respect, reminds us about how the jungle scene has been locked in that battle for quite some time. And the feeling in the warehouse embraced that essence. People were on their own vibe, but dancing together. I'd had a pretty bad day, that's for sure. And let me tell you, the show did set me right. It's been a while since I've seen so many people chilling, partying so effortlessly, crisscrossing their bodies on the upbeat, smiling in bass face on the down. Yes, smiling to the warmth of the assaulting but warm as fuck rollers coming in like the waves that never seem to arrive on these West Coast shores. I had to cruise through downtown LA roads so bad it reminded me of a forestry gravel route in British Columbia. But the drive is worth the effort, and I hope you'll feel the same about our own episode 100. Because there's a lot in store today. Some top-notch shit, to be sure. And that means we'll be playing a rare recording I snagged of Dead Mouse going orchestral and what it means to be part of the tornado. We'll play you a snippet from This American Life's rollout of their latest visual production, and I'm randomly approached by an Emmy award-winning executive producer and writer behind such cultural phenomenons as Seinfeld, The Simpsons, and Rocco's Modern Life. I couldn't miss the opportunity to get into the creative process while I had him mic'd up, could I? There'll be some side jaunts, of course, and you bet your bottom dollar, some of the illest drum and bass, moody ambient, and expressive house you can imagine. So lock yourself down and push yourself onward 
the ending is just a beginning, because this is the frequency horizon. First up, yeah, yeah. we've got Nick Hook and DJ Earl with a song that, just try not to like it, I dare you. It's called Energy, and you don't fuck with mine, as you could hear. I like what he does there. Trying to get my mind right, yeah. Trying to get my mind right. Trying to get my mind right. You can't fuck with my energy. 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 I said I'm trying to get my mind right. Trying to get my mind right. Trying to get my mind right. And you know we keep the grind tight. Nick Hook and DJ Earl with Energy. One of the things that's cool about doing a podcast like this is that you don't have any rules to follow about what songs to play or not to play. And sometimes I'll just cruise through my SoundCloud, see who's uploaded tracks my direction, see if anyone's commented on what I've done, and just kind of look for similarities, differences, and just tracks that literally blast your face off. And this one right here, well, this one is right up my alley. I, I, I literally wanted to pick it as one of the top three tracks for this week. This is a rough edit of the track, and that's the one I selected. I love that rawness. I love what he was going for. This is Church of the Undecided. It's called For Friends. Enjoy the journey.
In the middle of a song about friends, I thought I'd share this story. I was trying out video equipment one day after brunch at Ray's Restaurant, a location I learned was featured prominently in films such as Starsky and Hutch and Natural Born Killers. That's when a couple older guys jaunted over my direction with pleasant banter. I'd learn that one of these guys had held an exhibit for quite some time at the Drake Hotel back up in West Queen West in Toronto, while the other was Ron Haug, who won an Emmy for an episode of The Simpsons, he wrote, not to mention is a respected executive producer here in Hollywood. He's been involved with shows such as Rocco's Modern Life, Seinfeld, I mean, the list goes on and on. You can look them up. But more importantly, while I was dipping my toes in the waters of visual image production, he was kind of doing the same. Moving into photography, looking for subjects. And when he asked to take my picture, I was happy to oblige. And he was kind enough to hook himself and his friend up to the mic for a brief Frequency Horizon interlude. You guys have been involved in different writing and different creative fields. What do you feel about the development that technology is bringing to these sorts of creative fields? That is like too deep of a question. <laughs> it all depends on the non-technology you bring to it first. There, that's wrong. It all starts with ideas and it all starts with something that's human and real and you connect other people. And the technology is the technology and you can improve anything you do with it. I think it's great. Just use it right. Are you guys speaking in English? Because it just sounds like you're... It's like a dog bark or something like that, but... I'm on drugs. Yeah, but, yeah. Technology is just a medium. Where do you get such an awesome hat like that? France. I was gonna say, it looks like, it looks kind of French, eh? It is. It's fantastic. It's a French hat. You're gonna have to popularize that. That seems great. I, I have been. He, he has a beard and a hat, and he's not bald. I defy you to find another person with that description. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not too many of them out there. Yeah, kind of yeah. insecure. That's why. Full head of hair here. It's all too real. In the end, Ron sent me the picture. That was pretty sweet. Like it seemed to capture something about myself that I can't really get when I do a selfie. You know. So I'd like to see what he does in the future. Who he chooses down the line as a subject, because I'm sure he'll do awesome. Anyways, nice to meet you, Ron. Thanks for stepping into the limelight with the Frequency Horizon. And in the background, we're going to let Four Friends by Church of the Undecided play us out into the next track. And I think it's time for a little bit of drum and bass. So we're going to play this new one I heard by Monty. It's called Say to Me.
that was Monty, say to me. And now I introduce you to my new roommate, Rafa the Brazilian, formerly known as DJ Nitrous, a Psytrance aficionado who's played some of South America's largest music festivals. Hey folks, my name is Rafael, I'm from Brazil. Uh, I'm a DJ and a video editor, and I arrived in LA about three days ago. And that is awesome, man, LA, it's incredible. And it's a big city in United States, and I'm so happy to be here. And that's right, man. <laughs> I'm here just three days, you know what I mean? Um, I pretend uh, continue working with video editor and, and I'm looking for a new customers, a new clients, a new friends and so that's it. You don't have to know Portuguese to appreciate the excitement in Rafa's voice. I wish him the best. If you guys got some video editing work, hit me up and he'll help you out. He knew about DJ Markey. I'd put him up there with LTJ Bukum, for example, but he didn't know about DJ SPY. So now is his education time, not just in English, but for drum and bass out of his home country. The guy lives in London now, apparently, but SPY, Mind Over Matter, featuring Inja, VIP, is definitely worth going to school over. Hope you like it too. Let's 
Mind Over Matter by SPY featuring Inja. But now let's meander a little further down the SoundCloud rabbit hole. And I'll play you a little clip I came across by digging through what my followers are into. This one here is Gred Lvov, GRED LVOV with Body Hunt. At least a cut from it. Look up this dude. I see a bright future for this one. I might love it the whole podcast isn't gonna be you know sick grinding drum and bass and in fact we have some symphonic orchestral and in fact we have some orchestral dead mouse just around the corner not to mention what happens when Ira the guy that runs a podcast looks towards spirituality and filmmaking. It's all to come on the Frequency Horizon, episode 100. Jeez, can you guys believe we made it this far? Staring out at the palm trees from a Pulitzer Prize winner's house, just barely moving, just ever so gently. It's, it's smoking hot outside, and it's only gonna get hotter as we move further into the summer. Apparently there's some waves coming tomorrow. We'll have to see if that does pan out. Hope you've been enjoying your own musical journey. If you want, stop this podcast right now and go work on that one track you've been meaning to. Do that one thing, the creative thing. 
color correction, video editing, whatever it is. I don't care. Cancel the podcast right now. Just send me an email about it. Let me know. I'll shout you out on the next one. But just thank you for tuning in so far to episode 100. In the background, we got Crest of the Syndicate, Devereaux Crescent, another one I ripped from SoundCloud. As I record this, the song has only 158 plays, 72 likes though, 22 reposts, well-deserved, of course. I wanted to read the liner notes of what inspired this track. It says it's an homage to grandparents who recently passed away, although it's an older track, it's being re-released. R.I.P. Nan and Gramp. I can kind of get that in this track. Devereaux Crescent is the road they lived on and where the author and sister spent the early part of their childhood, which is, I guess, in Ebley near Stroud in Gloucestershire. Deserves more plays. This next track, I guess you could call it inspirational. It focuses on the downtimes, but how those are the moments you have to power through. It's called Those Moments. And it's off a very brooding, exploratory, intellectual drum and bass on an ambient tip album. And it's actually the name of the album itself by Blackdown. That album has its highs and its lows. But a strong thread of authenticity all the way through. The 2017 album is definitely worth throwing back in your crate. No one don't want to address these. I want to address these moments. Like, these moments I'm thinking, am I doing the right thing? My heart's telling me, don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. No, just keep going. Trust me. It's them moments. They're family. this far into episode 100 of the frequency horizon i know it's crazy we're into the triple digits what well you're gonna have to stick around now because we've got some original content from deadmos you've probably never heard before unless you were at one of two shows held in los angeles and some of you may have gone to both of them i know there were some double dippers there that's right around the corner as is our glimpse into how ira glass and crew roll out a consideration of modern American spirituality. But for now, here's same over joy. Dalliance. 
Overjoy. The song is same. This is a fresh one. Shout out to KCRW for the music discovery. The cool thing about living in LA is that you might just be on your way home from work and come across out of nowhere a film opening, especially if you're in Hollywood, obviously. Just be wandering along, perhaps in a suit as well, and blend right in. In this instance, I ended up happening to bump in to a group of guys, damper as all hell, talking about the craziness that went down at the latest Chris Brown party. They were trying to roast me. Yes! Uh, him and Chris Brown. Oh, you should have never said that. Huh? Somebody. <laughs> That's what he kept saying to me. Actually, you fresh, man. You can see us shit. Right? Yeah, that's a dope ass jacket. Gosh, man, that jacket is crazy. No, it's like though. It's not. It's not. It's not like. But it's still cold. Way too cold. And then I finally made it to the 24 hour fitness. A little soak in the hot tub. Here's a throwback track to Kinesthesia, Flick Life, the Zik remix.
quick tip to LAX. How about that? Actually, LAX is like the worst airport ever. There's like very few places to go and have coffee, grab a drink that aren't you know beyond the gates. It's very utilitarian in that sense. They're only now getting a direct rail line. It's still gonna take years to construct. Listening to Kinesthesia Flick Life, the Zik Mix. Maybe it's Zeke. Zik, Zeke, ZIQ, or ZIQ, I should say, now that I'm living in the States. I don't really feel like it. I think Z is the way to go. <laughs> Anyways, enough of LAX. Let's head down to Santa Monica. This is one of my first trips I ever took to Santa Monica. And I met a character named Odin who claimed he was the original member of Motley Crue, or at least one of them, was shut out in some unceremonious band scuttling that I assume happened up in Minnesota or some other random forgotten haunt. Here's Odin, and here he describes a plan for a not-so-politically-correct restaurant. Northfield, Minnesota. Great Northfield bank robbery. Oh wow! I actually come from just north of there, near Winnipeg, originally. Okay, so but I moved out west. I have a friend, actually a cousin, that finished second in the St. Paul to Winnipeg 500 snowmobile race back in the 70s. Oh wow! When snowmobiles were just getting going. Yeah, that Arctic was a cat skidoo. Quite a big thing back then. Huh? That was quite a big thing back then, yeah. I grew up back then, but I've been out here for 39 years. No kidding. So you're telling me that you don't, you, you, you never ate lamb growing up. Tell me about that. No, no. I never ate lamb growing up because we were dairy farmers and you ate beef, chicken, or pork, or fish on Fridays, thank you, whether you were a Catholic or not. It was bad fish because it wasn't fresh. Okay. Then I just have to say, you telling that with that hat that almost looks like a bucket hat twisted up or a fedora or like a fancy kind of little hat and then your nubbly white beard, it, it adds 
to the gravitas. It's all an act, man. It's all an act. But a hell of an act. What's your first name? Drew. Drew? Short for Andrew. Andrew. I have a nephew named Andrew. My younger sister Orlean has a young son named Andrew. So 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 what happened with the lamp? So I, I moseyed into this place a few years ago, and they had Lamburgers. And so I have a Lamburger from time to time, with fresh cut french fries that morning. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, oh, oh yeah. But they're baby animals. How can you live with yourself? Hey, I'm going to start my chain called Mary Had a Little Lamburger. And the first commercial is going to be Little Mary with the pigtails, with the little cutie, cute little cuddly lamb. And then the next frame will be her all grown up, fighting into a juicy lamb burger. Oh yeah, baby, if you want, oh yeah, baby. Watch Peter come after me. And then I go, well, wait a minute, chickens are all right, pork's all right. But lambs aren't. Hey, I'm the guy you just heard, and I'm tuned into Frequency Rising. Let's swoon away with some unknown mortal orchestra, Ministry of Alienation. And I promise you, the Dead Mouse plus orchestra equals awesome is coming up right next.
So what's your name, man? I'm Victor Longoria. And you? Jonathan Cortez. And where are we right now? We're at Ned Mouse, uh, his little venue in uh, downtown uh, LA. The World Turn. We're at the World Turn right now. Old venue, hey? Yeah. Old but good. And we're here right now. There was like the opener DJ that kind of played, but now we're waiting for this kind of weird, interesting, different type of show. What do you think is going to be coming up? Honestly, I really don't know what to expect because this is the first time I've seen him. You, so you've never yeah. seen demos before? Never. Have you seen demos? Um, just uh, New Year's. New Year's this year? Yeah, yeah. How was it? What was it like? I, I, honestly, I can't even explain like what it was, but the fact that he's bringing an orchestra today, it's like I'm expecting like a whole different level above like what he produced back at uh, Countdown. That should so, be awesome. Like, man. We'll see, man. Like I'm pretty pumped. We'll see how it goes and like. This guy, the fact that this guy's a producer and he knows what he's doing, it's like, you cannot expect what he's gonna bring on the table, you know what I mean? You never know what to expect. I don't I, know what to expect, honestly. Seeing different DJs, I don't know what to expect at all. I know, it's, it's pretty exciting. Thanks so much, guys. The Will Turn is this venue that looks like it might be somewhere you'd go to watch the opera. Now it's shaped in a bit of a semicircle. There's a couple different layers. The floor is sloped down. This is a, a rad place to either go and be part of a mosh pit or see something very classy, one or the other. In this case, you had EDM heads entering a world that generally is reserved for suits and you know people with money. The reason I was there was because I'd actually come across a podcast, the H3 podcast, where Dead Mouse was, I guess, taking rips on uh, some type of grandiose vape device and talking about no. his orchestral affinity Is this a, world a day earlier. Oh. <laughs> you would be surprised how far off we are, you know, from the future of being able to hear something as it's happening versus how it's recorded into a DAC and then output. Because think of it like this, even the most pristine recording, the, the, the Dave Brubrecht recording of Take 5, like, you know, some of the most legendary recordings, um, play back on two speakers, which are two monophonic sound sources, meaning that there's only like one speaker with one access, uh, one axis that can move to produce the sound, right? And then stereo, it's just two of them doing that, right? right. But when you think about it, you're not going to match the fidelity of, say, imagine, you know, 60 string players are 60 speakers, you know, like that don't have phase problems or correlation problems or all these like, you know, kind of weird quasi-scientific terms that you could throw at like acoustic properties coming from speakers. So sitting on the floor of an orchestra playing, you know, your music sounds insanely different than, you know, even with the best mics right. and the best recorders recording it and then playing it back mm. through the speakers. It's mm. like a universal so part. Is there a way for consumers ever to get an experience like that without nope. just going to the orchestra? Mm. No, you absolutely have to be sitting there and being in the same room as that. What are you chewing on? <laughs> Shredders. He's just shredding away down there. Plus, I saw a post you put up on Instagram and thought, what the hell? I gotta check this guy out at some point. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen Deadmau5 in the flesh. When it started, it was fantastic. There was such warmth to the instrumentation. The notes were seamlessly blended one into another. It had the precision of digital gear, but the organic fullness of a farmer's market. 
And yes, we'll get to Strobe. But for now, just appreciate what happens when a musical master sets his sights on a new discipline. I don't know, I thought it was pretty funny how you could overhear some of the kids actively questioning whether or not it was going to break out into a full rave or not, and not really quite getting that the Dead Mouse had doubled down on the original musical creation tools. We'll come back to touch base with what was going on at the wheel turn there. That was the second of two nights that I got to be part of as an audience member. But for now, we're going to serenade you with Kidnap Ashes.
That was Kidnap with Ashes. But now let's head back down to Midtown, Los Angeles, and hear what a lot of the crowd members were waiting for. It's a little extended section that I was able to record. And I hope you enjoy this rendition of Strobe.
like to play Deadmos? Amazing. We love them. How does it compare to like other orchestral stuff that you do? It's entirely different settings, entirely different setup. Um, different type of music. It's actually brand new stuff. You, when you play it, really feel that this is new. Do, how would you compare the emotional impact that you see coming out of it? We feel on the stage different than you guys over there. Because you see the whole picture. Our, uh, our side of the picture is different. We are listening for the click, we are seeing the conductor, we are the parts of the lights. But even that has an incredible impact us because you are sort of in the epicenter of the, of the events. Thanks, so man. It's like, it's like visiting a tornado. How would you feel? It's very different than being outside of tornado, right? But does this tornado feel different than others? Of course. It's an entirely different type tornado. New step. It's a brand new step. Thanks, man. Now it's time for the Rad Review section of the podcast. That's where we take a glimpse at some up-and-coming indie artists or ones that you just haven't heard of before for one reason or another. We turn our eyes across the musical spectrum, plucking some interesting morsels from the worlds of folk or dance hip-hop, random indie from Kazakhstan, let's say. I'm open to anything. But today we're going to start with this artist by the name of AJ Mather. Here we have AJ Mather offering little else but pleasant affirmations of life. And that's on Little Boat. Came out on Yakatik Yak music. I think I'm pronouncing that right. March the second of this year. First of all, I want like the whole Yakatiak music catalog sent my direction just based on the name alone. But second of all, there's a theme about you know overcoming adversity in this whole podcast. I mean, we've made it to episode 100. Like that in itself shows dedication and persevering through adversity, whether it's the days back in Tough City Radio, trying to make a weekly radio show happen or keeping it alive on the road here, starting to live again in Los Angeles. So I think this album, with the positivity and the excitement and, well, it fits right in. Here we're listening to track three. Start living again. I thought it was pretty emblematic of the rest of the album. Because the music takes you out of the grueling grind of work-life balance and, you know, thrusts you into a place of daisies, sunshine, and Sunday dinners. It's pop rock Americana at its least preachy and freshest. We've got a world full of grandeur, and yes, there is damage to be accounted for, but somehow, when you listen to these songs, it's clear that there's a legitimate path through it all. And there are cool Asian instruments thrown in on some tracks, guitar delay effects are there, layered to perfection. These are mere cushioning, however, to the clarity of purpose that is AJ Mather's overall vision. 
No wonder he picked up a Grammy nomination in 2017 for his album 9 to 3. But my only criticism is that, you know, when you are in the depths of the urban sphere and maybe even just your own personal, say, rural darkness, trying to cope with the ins and outs of an intense hustle, it can sometimes feel not so relevant. Like, you're trying to escape the cockroaches and maintain friendships strained by freeway distances, and, you know, this can seem like a reverie from a previous time you've never actually experienced. That being said, even then, it's a gorgeous dream. And for those of you that can't relate, one that might well be worth soaking in. Perhaps you'll gain some deeper benefit you didn't even expect. I feel like Ryan Hutchins, the last 10 years, is music that speaks to the youth. We do well to listen to the stark reflections on personal thoroughfares and draw out some lesson or another. But we're too busy skating the streets and hopping metro cars to take notice. And that's fine because Ryan Hutchins isn't looking to be your idol. Becoming the soundtrack to your day will do just fine. Here we're presented with a kinder, more helpful vision of America than you hear about on TV or in YouTube clips. On the last 10 years, you can get high just on the harmonies alone, and the guitar plucking will probably break your heart with its cleverness. I want to get a perfect girlfriend and lose her and make friends with Ryan Hutchins just so he can write me a sorrowful song about it so I can drink Tennessee bourbon on the porch listening to it. When you put the mixing and mastering together, one done in North Carolina, the other in the southern of the two, you get a southeast cocktail of epic proportions. The last 10 years is a fragile yet tough-as-nails collection of music that's been labored over and reworked time and again until they're as perfect as your ears can handle. Here, Ryan Hutchins sheds grandiosity for truth and invites you in to hear about it. It's less experimental than his earlier work, but you can probably take more away from it. And that's only if you want to. Then there's Goodfield, with the next and final album in our Rad Reviews Roundup, Surface Tension. That's 10 songs of solid construction put out in a truly independent fashion. They put their chops honed for e opening for everyone from Angel Olsen, Akron Family, The Alarm, Big Thief, and Deftones into play for enchanting modern rock. On the song Sparkle Playground, we're treated to approachable indie that you could take dirt biking, fishing, or on a picnic at the community gardens. This is not someone who's playing tricks for your personal amusement. What you see is what you get, and there's nothing wrong with that. I've got to say they really hit their mark with the title track, Surface Tension. I like everything about this track. It's got electric warmth, but even then, it doesn't overpower the layered guitars. And the waves in the music video certainly help too. The vocals are wistful, but not too out there. And it's all wrapped up, as is the rest of the album, in pretty pop, rock, and playfulness. Back when they put this out in December, they had this to say about the title track, Surface Tension. Surface Tension, baby. It happens when a guy likes a girl, 
or girl likes a guy or a guy likes a guy or girl likes a girl but in this case it's when a guy and girl like each other the only thing is one's a sea god and the other's a sky god what happens after they spend a day with each other music like this makes me want to visit my brother in austin texas which is where the group is from that's paul price on guitar and vocals making it happen with michael mcleod on bass esteban cruz on drums and Kyle Robertson, can't forget those keyboards. Of course it helps when things groove together as the energy that went into Spoon and White Denim is released on your album. So give it a spin and see what you think. And thanks for listening to our Rad Review section on the Frequency Horizon. Picture the scene, long maligned weed is about to become legal and there's interaction that happens right in the middle of an investigation that would go nowhere. And at the end of it, I find my way to what I believe is a Japanese restaurant in the heart of East Hollywood. But for that brief moment in time, I was floating through the true essence of what Los Angeles is all about. We're all waiting for the bus to arrive, listening to grimy mumble rap, dropping our own freestyle bars. There's something incredibly profound about that statement. There's a lesson in it for all of us, isn't there? I put wax on my blunt. I could wax on my bud. Not only do I rip fat joints, but I'm pure, concentrated, substantial, vibe producing. And I want the world to know. But maybe it's time to just like take it down a notch for a second. Watch some Broad City and listen to anything. Maybe it's anything. I don't know. N T H N G. Turn to Gaia. And in a minute, we'll look at how the radio folk turn a preacher looking to turn those to God.
into an interesting Netflix cinematic exploration.
over the radio, I heard that there was a screening coming up for Come Sunday, which was the latest production from This American Life, turning the story of a preacher who found God in a, it's kind of a different way. Well, putting it on the silver screen, or at least the Netflix screen. And there was a screening, the opening in LA, where Iron Glass would be in attendance in West Hollywood. I wanted to check it out. Everything was sold out. I couldn't get tickets, but I cruised across the mountainous pass, Hollywood Hills, and through the canyon. And I made it there just in time. In fact, I was the last person in line, and they had a leftover ticket. They let me in and it was a truly transformative experience. I managed to grab some snippets of audio from the question and answer afterwards and I think you'll love how I set it to music. Put a note in the comments. Let me know what you think. Just remember, the movie's called Come Sunday, and I think you'll love it. I just want to say thanks to KCOW for, for making this happen. Wow. Um, two weeks ago, they were super wonderful, as always, and uh, and it's nice to see people uh, who, uh, who listen to the station. I know many of you do. Um, I love that we're in LA and the producers get applause. That wouldn't happen in any other city. Josh? Without the producers, there would be no movie. Done. So I want to thank Endgame and This American Life. I remember very vividly where I was when I got the call from Melissa Ship saying we have a, a screenplay based on an episode. I said, I know that episode. A lot of people knew that episode. It's, I think, one of the most popular episodes of the show. And uh, it was a great script, written um, by a wonderful screenwriter. And uh, I want to thank Netflix, who said yes. Every time I try and give them credit, they say, we just said yes. Which, as anyone in this town knows, is no small feat. Uh, uh, yes. uh, as Ira said, we're going to be brief. Uh, that's all we have right now. Enjoy the movie. We will be back afterwards for a Q&A. And we look forward to hearing what you think. Thank you very much. We'll come back to the question and answer in a second. But in the meantime, let's take in our own audio movie, the sick ambient track by Pub. It's called Overcome.
there's rarely a week goes by that I don't tune into This American Life and become completely inspired in one way or another. As a journalist, I'm just dumbfounded by their quality of reporting. As a storyteller, I'm learning new techniques and tricks. As a podcaster, it frankly blows me away how they're able to compile everything and reinvigorate their subjects, the listeners, public radio in general, with each and every turn at the wheel. Of course, they've been like ruling the podcast game too, of course, defining it no less. So it's pretty sweet to see what they do when they take religion into their paws and respect those on each side of the debate, find a new path down the middle, kind of be humble about it in the process. Maybe sometime I'll release the full audio that I recorded and on my phone. It's not the best quality, of course, but it was interesting to see a rather spontaneous event in the film scheme of things come into play and hear the, the dialogue. But for now, here's just a sneak peek into what happened. Well, it doesn't just know, be clear that you're not a process of You're not of, actually yeah. for Carlton. Mm-hmm. And um, the main thing that I got from all of them was that they, in, in a way, wanted to protect him. Uh, and I just tried to bring that to what was on page. Uh, and also prop him up during this time because he's someone who built what he had and then as he tried to work it out and navigate and negotiate through that time, the people that I think he thought, I mean, you can obviously speak to this, but the people that he thought would have his back and go on this journey of trying to figure this out with him just could not, didn't have the courage to remain curious. Some people just don't have that courage to remain curious. It's heartbreaking. And you can hear a little bit about that here, or at least that's how I take it. You said the movie was pretty accurate and you talked about what actually God did say to you. And my, my question would be kind of to the degree that um, the possibility that you misunderstood the question, that maybe so much God wasn't saying there's no hell, but that, and that your job was to preach about sin and to tell people about sin to lead a good life, but it wasn't your job to condemn them. Maybe that was the message more so than no hell, because if you read Matthew 18, 9, Jesus himself does say there is a hell. He didn't use the word hell in, in his language. He spoke Aramaic, not English. He used the word Gehenna. Gave me gully or gorge or valley of Hinnom. It had existed 500 years before he lived. It was a town dump. It had burned since the days of Jeremiah. That's where they put carcasses of animals and strangers and trash. It never stopped burning. It's out today, uh, but it wasn't then. And it was the Valley of Hinnom. Dante's Inferno described it differently and made it more literal. 
but the people to whom he was speaking would have understood what he was talking about. A separation from God, a separation from your soul, is what you go through when, and he was a Jew. Understanding Jewish culture, Jewish religion, Jews, the Bible is a Jewish Bible written to Jews or Hebrews about a Hebrew understanding of God. So you have to read it in that light. Some things people think that King James is King Jesus. <laughs> uh, King James uh, interpreted very inaccurately. You have to study the languages. So I've done a lot of research. Hell does not exist in the Bible. In the, in the Jewish culture, hell is the word sheol means death or grave. So we we came up with this pagan, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but the, the, the old-fashioned way of believing in right and wrong and heaven and hell creates this monster God. Think of a God, and you have to understand, my grandmother died because she played, not because, she played the dogs in, in San Diego until one of the night before she died. My father, who was 78 years old and I had this conversation with her, came into the room, she was laying with her arms hanging off the, the gurney, her breast exposed, her mouth hanging open, her eyes barely open, dead after three unsuccessful attempts to resuscitate her. My dad walks in, the eldest of her seven children, he looks at her face, and she looks like she's in the place where she taught her people like her go to help. He was horrified, and he sat in a funeral, singing God Will Take Care of You, according to the 23rd song, with his mother in a coffin, and he knew his drunk brothers, two of whom were preachers, and all of his cousins, and all the saints of the church in, in San Diego, California, where we went, presumed my grandmother to be in hell. My dad wanted to get her out. Any dad, any son would want to get his mother out of hell. He had to sit there and praise God, and think of God, and say, God, I hope you forgive us, and we don't go to hell like our mother. But he would have killed to get her out. He would have killed to keep her from going in. So the psychology or the psychosis in my father's mind and millions of people who believe in a God who can sit around and dream up an idea about torturing people infinitely, especially if they're past the age of accountability, one minute past 12, you go to hell with Hitler and Stalin and Mussolini and Trump or, I mean, uh, I recall hell. I know Bill pandered and he's liberal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but also in Blake 16, when it talks about the rich man. No, no, I think like, that's another question. I feel like the, the, <laughs> rich, the rich man was thinking and talking and trying to get his brother out of hell. Yes, ma'am. Over here. like the a giant weight had been lifted from his shoulders and at the end after everyone else had left and I was standing chatting with a man who said he fell asleep I believe in the middle of the production and then Ira came out and he proceeded to tell Ira this very thing <laughs> that he thought the movie was great and everything but you know he I didn't really see it kind of fell asleep but you know and then I of course, like the fanboy that I was, ended up you know, having approached Ira in that sense. How could I not? And then, you know, a testament to his ability as a journalist. And I won't tell you what he said to me, but I would say in one sentence, he needled who I was to my core. 
in a way that I was kind of hoping didn't happen, but you know, it was there. It happened, and uh, you know, it's probably nothing to him, but it showed his ability to to really cut to the core of who people are, probably without even trying. So, that was pretty cool. I went to a rock and roll kind of cafe, diner, Asian place, whatever it was afterwards, and thought about it. And, uh, you know, show me there's a long ways to go on this journey into media, but at the same time, reminded me how close we all are as well. So. Let's have a little Todd Terry. It's hot chip. How do you do? It's a song that will be always synonymous in my mind with working at Greenleaf Gourmet Chop Shop. Play it every day. And I never get sick of it. Shit. 
and strong. Todd Terry on the remix. That's how do you do? I know we just listened to the whole thing, but I could almost just like listen to that all over again. The next one you'll find, I think, is quite the same. It's another one on the old Greenleaf playlist. Shout out to Mr. Rolo on the ones and the twos at Greenleaf. The owner knows good music. I mean, apparently he had Snoop Dogg play at his very house for Pride. Can you believe it? Yeah, I think you can take musical cues from this guy. Next up, Flight Facilities, Standstill, featuring Mickey Green. And I had to find the remix, figure out which one it was. It's uh, the Mario Basanov remix. Kind of dark, hipster, simple, but powerful. Not bad to sweep to as well. Tried sometime. Oh, my God. 
Vapid, so procedural, so glamorous, so dark, but maybe there's some substance beneath, you know? I don't know, but in the meantime, let's get more followers, let's find a new angel investor, let's come out with our exit strategy, a cryptocurrency plan. See how long we can make this last. That's Flight Facility Standstill featuring Mickey Green and Mario Bassanod remix. There's a lot of caustic melancholy 
Hopelessness. Barely hanging on. Trying something new. Difficult times. Questionable activities. That's part of the urban life too. And let's just think about that for a second as we play this next one. Oberonorobo. Salt in my wounds. I don't know. Oberonobobo. It's O-B-E-R-O-N. O-R-E-B-O. Rub-a-dub-dub, whatever. Salt in my wounds. This is gonna bug me now. A couple quick events to tell you about if you're in the LA area. We've got Hostile, Friday, June 15th, 2018. That's with Chromatic, Digital Echoes, Hosted by MC Dino, MC JTech, and Word. 
going to have Bass Rush, January, February, March, April, May, June, July 20th. That's with 12th Planet, Alex Perez, Andy C, Black Tiger Sex Machine, Bleep Bloop, Boogie T, Caspa, Closey, I'd go for Closey alone, Cookie Monster, Delta Heavy, Diesel Boy, Eprom, Ganja White Knight, G Jones, Matrix and Future Bound, DJ Set from Pendulum, the list goes on and on. Charles the First, I should mention, someone that I met in person, talked about on this podcast in the past. That's going to be at the NOS Event Center. Find out more. That's BassRush.com slash Massive. saved the best for last and thanks by the way for listening to this grand episode 100 we started with some quality drum and bass on the level reporting from a warehouse in downtown LA we took you to LAX we took you to Santa Monica it's been the full tour and I hope if you're driving around and you have this on play you got this in your speakers I hope you're gonna love this next one because I sure have. It's been fun to cruise on the freeway too. It's got a long build, but it will pay off, I guarantee it, as I hope you find this episode has. How could it not? It's the first time, as far as I know, that I've had an Emmy Award winner on the podcast. It's also the first time that I've recorded a freestyler remixed it and specifically riffed on marijuana considering it's now legal here in California soon to be so in Canada now that the Senate has given it a thumbs up so we're going to end on a high note this is our track of the week Tala Bowman Denzel Lietz the Super Pitcher remix
Jens Eldiot, the Super Pitcher Remix. And what a way to end an episode of Insanity. Make sure to check out some of those artists from the Rad Reviews. Let me know what you thought about how Dead Moves did on the integration of electronics and organics. Follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Frequency Horizon. Twitter, at The Freak Horizon. And now we're, we've been doing a lot on the Instagram too, so it's at Frequency Horizon. You take care, stay strong. You're all starting from here, but it's going to build. Trust me.